Welcome to another episode of Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here with uh, the founder of uh, Sports Card Investors, Jeff Wilson. Uh, welcome, Jeff. I want to thank our sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC, that's comc.com out in the Seattle area, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards in Aurora, Colorado, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Great sponsors. Jeff's got great sponsors. Patronize the sponsors. If you do, you're supporting the industry. The industry is healthy because there's a lot of activity. Mm -hmm. And a lot of activity is buying and selling cards. If people went to card shows and treated them as a museum experience, <laughs> we wouldn't be having this discussion. And so Jeff has done an excellent job in his podcast and other uh, means of communicating with uh, uh, collectors, I guess, all over the world. I've got people all over the world. I'm yeah, sure you do, too. I do. Uh, communicating with them and, and uh, demystifying this experience of buying and selling cards. And whether you consider yourself an investor or just a collector, if you buy and sell cards, I recommend you listen to Sports Card Investors. So you had an excellent article that I... Uh, really thought was uh, a great encapsulation of, mm -hmm. of, of 20, 20 aspects to consider that the, the new collector should should be aware of. And I thought that was excellent. I didn't push way back from them, but I looked at it from the lens of a more experienced collector, seeing that some of your reasons were almost always true. Mm -hmm. There's a, do you, you ever do, you know, now that I know what you do, do you ever study Clayton Christensen's work? The disruptive uh, technology? I do. Yeah, okay. sure. Um, well, I, I went to Harvard for a number of years yeah. uh, in one of their advanced management programs mm -hmm. and had Clayton Christensen, who's an amazing guy. And uh, his latest book, though, is How Will You Measure Your Life? It's after he had a cancer scare or whatever. Okay, so, I've read that one. No, but, I've read that. Okay, so it's, it's, it's not as much about the disruptive right. technologies, which is fascinating and, yeah. and very. And uh, disruptive technologies are always about underserved mm -hmm. and non served. His statement there is that it's easier to have a 100% habit than a 98% habit. In other words, people can say, I'm just never going to do this, or I'm always going to do this. That's just who I am. That's what I'm going to do. That's easier than saying, I usually do this. 90% of the time I do something. If you say, I'm going to do it. Okay. That's the way I look at your, your 20 reasons. You were putting them in terms of always. That's true. Because that's a lot easier and more palatable to say, you know, I just need to focus on getting graded cards. Correct. Because that there's a level of, of, of assurance and you're not committing any crimes, but you're just saying, I'm going to, I'm going to define this way is a way to do it and make sense of what could be a confusing. So yes. in the spirit of that, I'm saying I'm being the, I'm going against the Clayton Christensen mm -hmm. thing of saying some habits. I mean, if you're, if you're an alcoholic, mm -hmm then you might say, there's some alcoholics that say, I I need to uh, uh, not drink so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but most of them say, I, I can't drink anymore. Right. They have to say, I'm... I'm right. I have to be 100% out. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of put things in 100% terms. I backed off to 90%. Yeah. But I think some of them are pretty close to 100%. So uh, let, let yes. me give you a chance to respond to that and, and, and work our way down this list. Again, I recommend listeners check out Jeff's original episode, which I don't remember what episode it was. I think it was just called, it was called 20, was, well, my list was called 20 things. No, I know, but was it episode 45 or 50 or whatever it was? I don't I, Oh, that I, I, I don't number my don't number. Okay. So yeah, you could just search for 20 things, new Obviously, sports card investors. people know I'm, must not, know I'm the numbers guy. Right. All <laughs> of yours are numbered. You're, you're getting, you're getting uh, on up there with your numbers. Getting up there with the numbers. You are. Right. Okay. So, but anyway, that's what we're saying. Yeah. And so yeah. Let, let's go through 20 because I thought they were very helpful. Yeah. And especially in that context, they are very applicable. Well, you mentioned graded cards. That's a good example. So I, like one of my... When I tell a new investor, one of my absolutes to them is buy graded cards. 
Uh, now, obviously, if they're trying to buy the brand new release, if they're trying to buy 2019 Prism Basketball right now, there's not a lot of those yet that have come back from grading. So, so it doesn't work with a brand new release. But if they're trying to buy 2018, 2017, 2016, right. my advice to them is always buy graded. And the, you know, I, I have people retort that, and you'll see my YouTube comments where people say that's that's bad advice to say always buy graded because you can you can pick up some raw cards that can be in gem mint condition, and there's people out there who buy raw cards and send them in for grading and they make a lot of money that way because they pick out the raw cards that could grade high and 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 I and my response to that is you're correct but you're assuming that the person has the level of knowledge and expertise right. and experience to be able to look at a raw card and evaluate the raw card right. and know what's going to grade a 9.5 versus a 9 and a lot, and I'm trying to simplify things for an audience that is is coming in and, and probably hasn't built that expertise yet. Okay, now I just got a new dimension of Jeff Wilson is that actually what you're saying is even in the demystification, people can provoke controversy. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you were intending to be controversial mm -hmm. in being absolute, but then I guess you got other pushback. My pushback was was not uh, it was gentle pushback. Right. So you're saying you had people vociferously. Uh, Responding to your oh, point? I get, <laughs> and, and, and was that intentional? Because my, a, a my, lot of being on the internet, of being viral, is being controversial. Yes. Or and so, did did you have that intent, or was no. are you brilliant to to know that that's going to strike a nerve? My my show has become in certain audiences very controversial. I never intended it to be that way, and I, I I do not intentionally try to say anything that I would consider to be controversial. But what is controversial is the very nature of looking at sports cards from an investment standpoint. No. And there are there is a large crowd of collectors who do not like the fact that a lot of more investment-minded or, or even flipping-minded yeah. people have entered the hobby because this group of people is driving prices up for the collectors who would otherwise, you know, like be able to, to get all the good stuff for less money. You got it. So they're purists. They're purists. Sort of. And they're yeah. Yeah. and they think the hobby should be fun and they don't think you can mix they don't think you can mix fun and business. And they well, think investing is business and the hobby is fun. And I fundamentally disagree with that. I I, I personally mix fun and business. I love collecting. I have a passion for collecting and I do it from a hobby standpoint. At the same time, I also mix in business. 40 years ago, they said the same thing. Yeah. I was doing the price guides. I said, you're going to ruin everything yeah. because we there was an elite group of people of which I was one that knew what cards were going for. Do not do a price guide because then everybody will know what cards are worth and then I won't be able to have the inside track. And I said, actually, the pool is going to greatly be increased mm -hmm. of true. knowledgeable people to be more cards That's coming true. out. I was right. I think you're right. Yep. Is that more knowledge, especially now in 2020, mm -hmm. knowledge is power. It is power. Okay? And people, if they don't have the knowledge and they're not sure, they just they cover their wallet. Yeah. Once they once you they're equipped to say, hey, I I can compete. I've got the knowledge. I and frankly, on a, on some level, you're helping them to compete very quickly mm -hmm. on a on a on a small number of cards that they can really track. Right. And well, it's their favorite player, probably. So along those lines, another thing that I said that I know uh, you had a little bit of pushback on was I said, if you're going to buy, if you're going to invest in football cards, buy quarterbacks. Yeah. If you're going to invest in baseball cards, buy home run hitters. Right. And if you're going to invest in basketball cards, buy shooters. Right. Very, very black and white. Right. And you, I think you pointed out in your episode, well, actually, there can be a lot of value in a great defensive player in the NFL, you know, because they're, they're, they're often overlooked. Their cards are not going for much money. The new release comes out and no one's chasing the defensive star. They're chasing the quarterback. And that's, and I think that that's a very fair point, but I also think for the brand new person coming in the hobby, yeah. I want, I want them to understand that, you know, if they can, if, if, if they're investing in Kyler Murray or Daniel Jones, um, or one of the other, or one of the other rookie quarterbacks this year, those are the cards that if that person goes on to become a star quarterback and win the Super Bowl in the future, those cards are going to be the ones that appreciate and become more sought after than 
a, you know, a defensive player like Bosa from San Francisco. Right. Amazing player. And his cards probably will also be sought after and hold value because he could potentially go on to be one of these all-time great type of defensive players. But even still, if you compare J.J. Watt, who's in that boat today, to a Patrick Mahomes, you know, there's there's Patrick Mahomes no, right. is, is obviously much hotter right now. Well, I mean, I take your point, and I think you're you're you, again you're 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 ninety percent right. The problem is that those ten percent, the, the exceptions, wind up being requiring the your your investor type who may be new to the industry to interpolate or extrapolate, right. and that's a higher level. I mean, they're already doing that. That Patrick Mahomes is is better than than. Uh, Daniel Jones or yeah. something, or, or perceived to have greater potential. But then when you go to the other side of the ball, it's, what if it's half price? What if mm-hmm. it's one-tenth the price? Again, this is a hobby that's demand-driven. Mm-hmm. And if there's demand, and it, you can't say if the demand is half, the price is half. The demand is half, the price might be one-fourth. Correct. Because it's 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 right. uh, whatever that is logarithmic or it is that, and that's one of the I'm about to do and you're going to do some stuff like that in your in your new endeavors probably I am and I'm going to do an episode as well in fact the next uh, episode I'm going to put out is on lessons I've learned um, that from since coming back into the hobby as an investor one of the lessons I learned is that logarithmic kind of exponential scale that you just referred right. when I first came back in I thought that okay well if I could have one Luca card or if I could have the next ten rookies of his class combined if i could have a trey plus a shea plus all of you know all the other rookies that year michael porter and mitchell robinson and on down the list um i would rather have i I would well of course those 10 are going to be more valuable because just think of how great those 10 as a combination would be versus one guy but the truth is as you get that super popular player like a luca the more popular the player becomes the more great they become there's an exponential it's increase in their card prices that the next layer of players below them never get to experience. And that's a lesson that I learned. Okay. Um, you're, you're right, but it's tortoise and hare, you know, and in my collecting, I've been the tortoise mm-hmm. in that. And, and, and I've publicly said, I, you know, sell, I buy a little bit, sell a little bit. But when I'm on Com C, mm-hmm. I have a 10 year selling horizon mm-hmm. and I have a long tail perspective. Yep. Okay. And so at the end of 10 years, I bet I can catch up with you in your strategy. Yeah. But you're going to clobber me in year one and year two and year three. Okay. And most people want what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's the reason I can buy low supply, low demand cards that are, I can buy them cheaply and they're not going to sell. But when they do sell, they're going to sell for a lot more than what I paid for them. But I am more patient and more knowledgeable than most people. Yeah. Okay. I'm also not most people. And so if you were writing an article for me, it would be a very short article. <laughs> yes. But you're writing for the I would, other let, you, people, I would let you write the article. It's 20, <laughs> no, it's 20, you have 20 excellent uh, concepts and sure. ideas. Okay. Sure. And so that's a good one. And it's, it allows people to get a handle on it. I don't need that. And uh, some of my old friends don't need that. Sure. But the, most of the people, almost all the people yeah. need that. Yeah. And it's good advice. Well, and, and, you're, and you're absolutely right. And it's, it's, uh, my mission with Sports Card Investor is to try to simplify what has become a very complicated hobby for newer people who are getting into it and looking at it from an investment standpoint. And so, yes, on my list, I do make claims of absolutes that for a, a super experienced collector and investor such as yourself, you know, well, maybe that's not an absolute. Maybe that's a 90% rule. Yeah. Um, but I think for someone new getting in, if you try to give them too many 90% rules, that 10% right. is going to really confuse them. I totally agree. I, I had a, I, I mentioned this um, uh, the, the other night at the dinner that, that the listeners will be finding out about. But I, I quoted, I had a conversation with Brent Higgins, the PWCC guy, uh, very engaging guy, and has a very nice business and approach to business. Uh, 
He has detractors, but on the other hand, he's uh, he's uh, doing done very well. Done, done very well, well on the uh, consignment to eBay business. But he uh, mentioned that he also has this very bullish view, obviously, and and is doing well. His bullish view is that we are at the tip of the iceberg of the number of collectors out there, and that when he is approaching, when he's considering the potential for his business, as you may have done similar math, is that how many collectors are out there right now? How many people go to the shows? How many people do X, Y, Z right now? That might be a couple million right. people. His number, his target is 20 million. Yeah. He said there are 20 million collectors out there that either used to be collectors, yep. are collectors, or will be collectors yep. based on the demographics, their love of sports, and the fact that they either, well, I say, were a collector do you disagree? I mean, it sounds like you're pitching uh, to the 20 million I absolutely as well. agree that there is There's a, huge upside. I absolutely agree that there's a much larger number and that every day the hobby is growing substantially. And I, I believe it will continue to grow substantially every single month for the next few years. All we have to have is some people that used to get our magazines yes. come back which, and say, hey, they're still making cards and they're actually more beautiful than they which, are Which, by now. the way, that's me. I, I used to get your magazine and was out of the hobby for, and I'm back and I'm... I, I know, but that's, but that's millions. That's millions. There, there is. The one thing I the one thing I am worried about though is how many of those potentially twenty million to use his number will stick around beyond a few years. And I, that I don't know. Is it is it yeah. are these people are Well I mean, your job and what I, and we're running out of time here, but I mean my 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 goal, your goal mm -hmm. as well is to is to have them come in and have a positive experience. Yes. And if Brent, if you're listening, if you're off by fifty percent, <laughs> still a good I'm number. fine with that. It's still a good number. And if you're exaggerating, it's only ten million. There you go. Oh, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. But again, thanks to uh, Jeff's efforts here, we want to have people having a positive experience 100%. in this. And uh, come, come in the hobby and stay doing. in the hobby because they're, yeah. they're loving and having a great experience. Well, out of time again. Uh, time goes uh, quickly when you're having fun. And uh, again, this is a hobby after all. Jeff, keep up the good work. Appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll talk again. Thank you.